verses 1 through 3. This is the New Living Translation. At the time of Michael, the archangel who stands guard over your nation will rise. Then there will be a time of anguish greater than any since nations first came into existence. But at the time, every one of your people whose name is written in the book will be rescued. Many of those whose bodies lie dead and buried will rise up, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting disgrace. Those who are wise will shine as bright as the sky, and those who lead many to righteousness will shine like the stars forever. Hebrews chapter 10, 19 through 25. And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to act of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Sorry, I'm missing one page here. All right, here we go. Now in the Gospels, Mark chapter 13, verses 1 through 8. As Jesus was leaving the temple that day, one of his disciples said, Teacher, look at these magnificent buildings. Look at the impressive stones in the walls. Jesus replied, Yes, look at these great buildings. But they will come completely demolished. Not one stone will be left on top of another. Later, Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives across the valley from the temple. Peter, James, John, and Andrew came with him to uh, came to him privately and asked him, "Tell us, when will all of this happen? What sign will show us that these things are about to be fulfilled?" Jesus replied, "Don't let anyone mislead you, for many will come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah. They will deceive many." And you will hear of wars and threats of wars, but do not panic. Yes, these things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in many parts of the world as well as famines, but this is only the first of the birth pains with more to come. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Jared, for reading our scriptures today. Appreciate that. 
We're going to have you open your Bibles to the last scripture that uh, Jared read for us, although we're going to look at all the scriptures that Jared read this morning. We're going to begin with uh, Mark chapter 13 on the back of your bulletin. It's completely blank uh, for you to take notes back there. There's a pen in front of you. There's going to be a lot of things on the screen to write down, uh, but I encourage you to dive into God's Word every single week, and, and all of the information on, on our scriptures are in uh, the bulletin. But if you noticed... In our scripture readings this week, each scripture was talking about the end of time, about the return of the Lord, or what the Bible calls the day of the Lord, uh, what we call the end times. So all of those scriptures were talking about the end times, and so today, that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the end times. There are a lot of things going on in our world that point to the end of time. And you can watch the news, and, and you can see all around you that it's getting close to the return of the Lord. But I think there's one thing right now that is pointing toward his return like nothing else, and, and that is that here we are in mid-November, and the Chicago Bears are in first place. I'm asking the Lord to just wait till after the Super Bowl. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, the Cubs won the World Series a few years ago, so I guess any, he can come back anytime. Uh, but uh, I think it's especially important to talk about the end times for two reasons. And the first reason, you can write this down, is that the Bible predicts it. The Bible predicts it. There are 8,500 verses in the Bible that are what we call predictive or prophetic verses that talk about Jesus' coming. Now, many of those verses are actually about his first coming, and, and in just a couple weeks, we'll begin our Advent season, we'll move toward Christmas, and so we talk about the incarnation, we talk about Jesus coming in the flesh, and, and so a lot of those verses were pointing toward his first coming. But actually, there's a lot more verses that point toward his second coming. In fact, there's five times as many more verses about his second coming than his first coming, and those verses about his first coming were very accurate. So we know that his second coming is for sure. That means that one in every 30 verses in your Bible are about Jesus' second coming. In the 216 chapters in the New Testament, Jesus' return are mentioned in 300 different verses. Jesus himself said, I will return. He tells us that in the Gospel of John as he's there with his disciples on the last night of his life, and he says, don't worry, guys, I'm, I'm coming back. So that's one reason to talk about the end times, because the Bible predicts it. The second reason is because people believe it. I believe God wrote eternity on everyone's heart. That we know there is an end of time. We know that there will be a day that we stand before God and we will be judged. People inherently know this, believers and unbelievers, because whenever there's a prediction that the end of the world is coming in and you fill in the blank of the year, people believe it and they get scared. 67% of all Americans believe that Jesus will return someday. 
49% believe there will be an antichrist. 44% believe that God will bring the end of human history. And 20% believe that it will happen in the next few decades. So there is this innate part of all of us that knows there's an end of time, that there is a judgment day, that we will stand before God. So the Bible predicts it, we know it, and let me just tell you as a pastor, the number one question, when people find out a pastor and we start talking, the number one question, believers and unbelievers, the number one question is, are we living in the last days? And my answer is always the same. Yes, we are living in the last days. And God put that inside of us, and that's not something to be pushed down or, or just get busy and not think about it. No, we're to wrestle with this idea that there will be a day of judgment, and we are to live our lives in that context that we don't last forever. This world doesn't last forever. That there is a day that he will return, and he will set things right, and he will judge the living and the dead, that day is coming. And so I live my life today in light of that day down the road. That if I know how the story ends, it's going to change how I live today. And it's going to help me keep my eyes on Jesus. When everything else in the world is going crazy, I can keep my eyes on Jesus. And so let's look at the scriptures we, we read today and get some teaching from these scriptures. And so we're going to start with the one in Mark, Mark chapter 13. But this isn't just a, a passage in, in Mark. It's actually in all the Gospels, especially told almost identically in Matthew and Luke. But I'm going to read from the Passion Translation from Mark 13, just a portion of what Jared just read to us. It says, Later when Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives overlooking the temple, his disciples Peter, Jacob, John, and Andrew came to him privately where he was sitting and said, tell us when these things will happen. And what supernatural sign should we expect to signal uh, your coming and the completion of this age? Jesus answered, at that time, deception will run rampant. So beware that you are not fooled. For many will appear on the scene claiming my authority or saying to this, themselves, I am God's anointed. And they will lead many astray. You will hear rumors of wars nearby and more rumors of wars to come. Make sure that you are not thrown into panic or give in to your fears, for these things are destined to happen. Prepare for it, but the end is still not yet. For nation will go to war against each other and the kingdom against kingdom, and there will be terrible earthquakes in place after place, seismic events of epic proportion. And there will be famines and riots. This is, how you, this is how the first contractions of birth pains of the new age will begin. We learn something from this passage of Scripture, and, and I just want to tell you this throughout the Bible, and especially with what Jesus says, listen to me, and I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but this world isn't going to get better and better. It's actually going to get worse and worse. There's going to be wars and rumors of wars. There's going to be constant fighting. There will be floods. There will be fires. There will be earthquakes. There will be hurricanes, and we see this on our news. There will be economic collapse. There will be political divisiveness. There will be riots. There will be anarchy. This week, we watched rockets rain across the border into Israel, although it didn't show up on the news. It was happening 
The persecution of the church is stronger than it's ever been before. And I want to tell you, the end is on its way. The end is coming. These are all signs. These are the labor pains. And when uh, the, the mom goes into labor, what do you do? You said, okay, time to go to the hospital. Because that baby is coming. That baby's saying, ready or not, here I come. And that's what Jesus says. He says, when you see these things happening, ready or not, here I come. In the very next verse in Mark chapter 9, he says, when these things begin to happen, watch out. Other translations say, be on your guard. Be ready. So what do we learn from this passage of Scripture? Four things I'll have you write down. First of all, bad things are coming, but don't let it consume you. I want to tell you the world's not getting better. It is getting worse, but don't let that consume you. Because so often, we just start hunkering down. We start getting scared, but don't let that consume you. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Don't let it stop you from doing good. Because you and I, we are the witness to God and his kingdom. We are the light in the darkness. Our focus needs to be on Jesus. We've got to get our eyes off of this world. We need to watch and we need to pray. We need to be connected to Jesus because in that same time with his disciples at the end of his life, when he says, don't worry guys, I'm coming back again, he also says these words, I am the vine and you are the branches. You have to stay connected to me. You have to stay in me. Remain in me, and there will be life because apart from me, there is death. You can do nothing. And so Jesus is saying, when you see these things happening, stay close to me. Stay connected to me. Don't trade that relationship with Jesus for anything else. Hold on to that relationship with Jesus. Trust in God. Don't trust in this world. The second thing we learn is people will hate you, but don't worry. Jesus loves you. Listen, people are going to hate us. And they don't hate you. They hate Jesus. You got to remember that. It's really not about you. But what I love about Jesus is Jesus says, I don't want you to worry because I'm with you. And I know they don't like me, but I'm with you and I'm going to rescue you. That's a common theme when he talks about the end times. I'm going to rescue you. Matthew chapter 10, verse 22 says, everyone will hate you because of me, but if you remain faithful until the end, you will be saved. Our job is to remain faithful, even when people hate us, even when the world doesn't understand. We keep shining the light in the darkness. We keep loving people. We keep having compassion. We keep reaching out in Jesus' name. And no matter what happens, we remain faithful to the end, because if we remain faithful to the end, we will be saved. So trust in Jesus and that he loves you. Number three, there is an end to this madness, and it's Jesus. There's an end to this madness, and it's Jesus. We have to keep our eyes on him. Because too often when we look around this world, we see things that are completely out of control. We see horrible injustice. We see things that just make us sick to our stomach, and we say, God, how can you let this go on? How is this even possible? And let me tell you, it's not God doing these things. It's humanity and our sinfulness running amok, powered by Satan and all the demons in hell. The world is out of control, but Jesus is coming back to set it right. And we have to keep our eyes on him. 
This world is not as it should be. This is not how it was created to be. And so we can't stop looking to Jesus because we could say, look, it's so out of control, it's so bad. But you know what? God's not going to let it stay that way forever. He is going to come. He is going to judge. He will not put up with it. He's going to come back, and he is going to rule and reign, and we sing joy to the world. The Lord has come. Let earth receive her king, the one that was promised, the one that will bring justice, the one that will rule and reign in righteousness, and we prepare our hearts for the coming of the king. I want to tell you, wherever you're at today, if it's a good day, bad day, good time in life, bad time in life, with Jesus, the best is always yet to come. The best is always yet to come because there's a day he's coming back. There's an end to the madness. There's an end to the injustice. There's an end to the problems. There's an end to sin. Number four, we learn focus on your calling, not on your circumstances. Focus on your calling, not on your circumstances. We have a calling to follow. No matter how bad it gets, no matter what takes place, we are called to be the light. God has gifted you to be a part of his family, part of his church, part of this world, and you were created for a purpose. And so you fulfill that purpose no matter what happens, no matter what goes on. Don't fret. Don't give up. Don't focus your life on things that don't matter. And that's what most people do when they get scared looking in the last days. They will just focus on things that don't matter. Focus on the one thing, that we walk with the Lord. We're connected to him. We are obedient to his word, that we focus on our calling, not our circumstances, because there will come a day in the blink of an eye, just blink your eyes, in the flash of a camera, we will be changed, we will be with him, we will be like him. It may be the moment we take our last breath, it may be the moment that Jesus returns, but whether it's the last breath or his return, Jesus says, I want you to be ready I want you to be faithful, and I want you to be obedient to what I've called you to do. And so that's how we're ready for the end times. We prepare our hearts, because if we are ready and faithful and obedient, guess what we get to hear? Well done. Whether it's that final breath or his return, well done. Good and faithful servant, enter in. Wow, that's going to be good. Daniel chapter 12, our next passage of Scripture. At that time, Michael, the archangel who stands guard over your nation, will arise. Then there will be a time of anguish greater than any since nations first came into existence. But at that time, every one of your people whose name is written in the book will be rescued. Many of those whose bodies lie dead and buried will rise up, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting disgrace. Those who are wise will shine as bright as the sky, and those who lead many to righteousness will shine like the stars forever. I love that. God's called us to shine like the stars forever, but how do we get there? There's a There's three things from this passage of Scripture that we learn about the last days that I want you to put inside of your heart. Number one, number one, tough times will continue. I know we've already talked about this, but I want you to be clear, whether it's Old Testament, New Testament, Jesus talking, or a prophet talking, or an apostle talking, 
tough times are going to continue. There is no bright side to the end of the world, okay? I'm sorry to tell you that, but, but it's going to be tough. Tough times are going to continue. But we also learn from this passage of Scripture is that tough people will overcome. Tough people will overcome. I love the, the line from Robert Schuller: tough times never last, but tough people do. I love that. Tough times never last, but tough people do, because I want to tell you, there's a hope that we have in God. And God wants to use the tough times in your life. You might be going through really tough times right now. God wants to use that in your life, because the devil wants to use that in your life to destroy you. The devil's at work trying to destroy you through the tough times in your life. God's in your life, in the tough times right now, to make you shine like the stars forever. See, what, what God wants to do is he wants to take the tough times you're going through and use them to make you stronger, to toughen you up. That's what God wants to do. He wants to make you stronger because tough times never last, but tough people do. He wants to make you stronger. It's just like the gold in, in my wedding ring. You know, the purity of gold, it doesn't come out of the ground like this. No, it's got to be refined by fire. It's got to be melted down, and the impurities have to be taken out and, and, and the more pure it is, the more valuable it is. And that's what God does in that refiner's fire and through the tough times that we go through. If you're going through a tough time right now, don't just pray, God, take it away. God, refine me with your fire. Make me stronger. Make me tougher, God. Because that's your identity. Your identity is to be tough. Your identity is strong. You are a child of the king. You got to realize that, that, that I'm not to be beaten down by life, but I'm to be stronger through what I'm going through, that God is using this to shape me and to mold me, that I will shine as bright as the sky. I will shine like a star forever. That's what God's trying to do. He's trying to refine me and work in me. And when it gets too bad, what does he say in Daniel? He says, I'm coming to rescue you. I want to tell you, whatever you believe about the end times, believe this, you will be rescued. You will not go through the worst of the worst because God will rescue us. He says that in his word, and if he says it in his word, you can take it to the bank that he is going to rescue you. We might go through tough times, but those tough times will make us stronger, and that's what we got to hold on to because there will come a day when you will stand before him, and he says that, that the dead will rise, and some will go to everlasting life, and some will go to everlasting disgrace. That's our choice, life or shame and disgrace. And that's the question. That's what has held in the balance when we talk about the end and we talk about the last days. But tough people overcome. I want you to get this, that God is on your side. He's working through the tough times in your life. Number three, our tough God will be victorious. Our tough God will be victorious. If there is something we learn from the scriptures about the end times is that God wins. Whatever you believe about the end times, God wins in the end. Whatever it looks like in the world right now, the score is not set. It's not settled. It, well, it is settled, and God wins. It's just that way. He's sovereign. He's good. And he is not slow in keeping his promises, as Peter tells us, because sometimes like, Jesus, just come back already. And he says, I'm not slow because I, I want everybody to know me. I want you to keep telling people about me. I, I want everyone to know me. I'm not slow in keeping my promises. I'll be right on time, just in the right time. But I want to tell you, whenever that time is, God will be victorious. He will be victorious. Our last verse that we looked at was Hebrews chapter 10. 
So let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of good love and, or love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now as the day of his return is drawing near. What are we to do as the return of Christ draws near? And it is drawing near. The first thing you have to do is hold on to hope. Hold on to hope. That's what this passage says. When you see this day coming, hold on to hope. Hope is called the anchor of the soul. That we know that, yes, it's, it's going to get difficult. And there will be tough times, but our God is with us. He's going to rescue us. He's going to make us strong. And there's always hope, even in the midst of anguish. God is with us, so we trust the Lord. We hold on tight. We don't let our, our grip go in these last days. We hold on even tighter. We don't waver. We put our hope and our faith in the love of God that God will come through. We hold on to hope. And then, next, is we motivate one another to love and good works. We motivate one another to love and good works. It'll be on the screen in just a moment. But that word motivate is actually in the Greek, some, some translations call it provoke. You provoke one another. So it's, it's a much stronger word than just motivate. So if I was going to say it in, in our English language, I would say, we'd use the term, you ever hear the term, kick it into gear? Like maybe a coach is just really trying to fire up the team. Come on, guys, kick it into gear. You know, just really... You, this is what we're to do, and so we're to motivate one another to good works, or to provoke one another to good works, that, that we do this together, that we are unified, because we are just better when we're together motivating one another. Look, this is the end times. Let's live this out. Let's do this together. You are not alone. We're called to do good works. We're called to shine like stars in the sky. We're called to be the light in the darkness. We are called to be the salt of the earth. This is our calling, so we motivate one another. You can't do this alone. You weren't meant to do this alone. God did not save you to be all alone. He said, I saved you to be a part of my family, to be a part of my church, to be a part of my bread. I want you to not be alone, but to be together. Don't run away. Don't isolate yourself, because that's what the devil wants us to do in these last days, is just to run and hide out and be all by yourself, because when you're all by yourself, you're easy to attack. But when we're together, when we run in a pack, we're strong. We're strong. And I want to tell you that that's how God designed it. That's how he made it, that in these last days we would be together encouraging one another, that we would motivate one another. I love Psalm 122, verse 1. I, will, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. I love it. I was glad when they said, let's go to the house of the Lord. Sunday morning, you know, most people, Sunday morning, they're sleeping in, they're not in church, you're here, and you know how I'm glad you're here? Because this is what God called us to do. Amen. See, we're meant to gather together, and because and, here's the thing, I believe God wanted a message for this morning on the end times, because to be honest with you, we don't think about this stuff. Even though it's innately inside of us, God put eternity in our heart, chances are during Thanksgiving week, we're not thinking, oh, Jesus is coming back any moment. But we gather together because sometimes Jesus wants to say, hey, wake up. I'm standing at the door. I'm knocking. Ready or not, here I come. 
Because if we know the truth, we will live it out every single day. And so when we gather together in his name and we worship together, we pray together, uh, and, and I just love what God does, does in our times of prayer together, and, and when the word is preached, and this week it happens to be on the end times, that whatever the Holy Spirit is speaking to the church, we hold on to it and say yes, because we wouldn't have thought of that on our own. But we think about it when we're together. And then we motivate one another, and we, we encourage one another. That's the last thing, and it's just, if you already wrote it down, that's great, but encourage one another. That's what it says. I want you, in these last days, encourage one another. Hold on to that hope. Motivate one another. Encourage one another. That's what we need, because that's what we need in these last days, to hold on, to encourage, to motivate, to love, to stay together in unity. This gathering together just reminds us there's something more to life than just my little life. There's something bigger than just my life. It's, it's I'm part of something that, that God is doing in these last days. It's bigger than any one of us. It's not a time to shrink back. It's time to be together. It's time to be strong because no matter when it'll happen, listen, I'm telling you today, I guarantee it, Jesus is coming back. And you need to be ready. And, and, and if you die before he comes back, you will breathe your last breath and, and then there'll be judgment. Or we'll be alive and, and, and Jesus will come back and there will be judgment. He is coming back to judge the living and the dead. There is a judgment day. We must be ready for that day. Yesterday morning when our kids were here for the musical practice and there were other families here to receive their Thanksgiving baskets, uh, I heard it was the Scheidler family that built a uh, snowman out in front of the church. I don't know if you have a picture of the snowman, uh, but there's our snowman that was out in front of the church, and I, I, I loved it. I was like, oh, cool, a snowman for church, but even by last night, the snow had melted, and uh, when you walk outside today, the snowman will be no more. It's just a little pile of snow right in front of our sign. That's all that's left is this little pile of snow. I didn't even know it was that warm enough to melt. I mean, it felt cold to me, but the snowman is no more. You are the snowman. There will come a day where you will be no more. Whether we take our last breath or Jesus returns, you're gone. And you're not like Frosty the snowman that goes back into the atmosphere and then circles around and comes back as snow. There is no reincarnation. It says in our passage from last week in, in Hebrews, you're going to die and you're going to be judged. It's just that simple. That's what God says in his word. So if that's the truth, what are we to do? Let me just give you this. It's not on the screen. This is our mandate. If these things are the truth, and they are, then you and I are called to go out into this world to engage the lonely and the hurting and those dying in sin, that we are to go out and shine like the stars. We are to motivate and encourage one another to do acts of love and compassion to everyone we meet. That you and I are called to make sure that those around us are ready for that day that are ready for the return of the Lord. That's our calling. God put eternity on our hearts. And so my question for you today, and this is for everyone, listen to me, here's our question. Are you ready?
Are you ready? In a crowd this size, I, I know many of you, but I don't know all of you. And even if I did know you, know you, I don't know your heart. But I want to tell you, I want you to be ready. I want you to be ready. In case you say, well, I'm, I'm ready, Pastor. I'm ready to go. Then let me ask you this. Who are you getting ready? Beside yourself. Who else are you getting ready? Because this day of judgment isn't just for one of us. It's for all of us. And, and I want to tell you that this really is a wonderful time to be alive. It's a wonderful time to be a Christian. It is the time to shine like the stars. That's our calling. I want you to be ready. And so let's get ready right now. Would you bow your heads and your hearts with me? And, and we're just going to take a moment here uh, today. As the, as the time is ticking away and, and our service is almost over, I want you to know that the, the time in your life, it's, it's ticking away. I don't care how young you are, how old you are, there is an end and you need to be ready. So please listen to me now as I, as I lead you in this prayer because I want you to be ready. There is a day that we stand before God. And everything we do will be judged. God is perfect. Heaven is perfect. It has to be, you have to be 100% good to get into heaven. The problem is none of us are 100% good. We all fail. We all make mistakes. We we all drop the ball. We, We know it. And even if we don't know it, we've done it. And so the only way is not to be 100% good, but to be 100% forgiven. That on the day of judgment, you don't stand in what you've done, you stand in what Christ has done for you. Jesus came, Christ came to this earth. We're going to celebrate that at Christmas. But it wasn't for Christmas that he came, it was for the cross. And he died on a cross for your sin and my sin and all sin. And the Bible says that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus died on a cross for your sin and he rose from the dead, the Bible says you will be saved if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. And so I'm going to lead you in a prayer today to confess with your mouth and to believe in your heart. I'm just going to ask you to repeat this prayer and say, I am ready for the Lord's return. And for those of us that know God, may this be a confession of our heart once again, that we are ready. If you are listening online, watching online at another time, whenever you pray this prayer, you're ready. So would you repeat these words after me? Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I need your forgiveness. I believe that you died for my sins. I want to turn from my sins. I now invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me pray for you this morning. God, I thank you 
for all that prayed that prayer. God, we know that there is rejoicing in heaven. We know that we are brand new in you, that we, will, we do not fear the judgment day because, God, we know that you have paid the price. Lord, help us not to fear the end times. As things get worse and worse, God, may we stand strong and shine like the stars forever. May we motivate one another and encourage one another. May we do the acts of love and compassion that you've called us to do. And even though the world may hate us, may we love them. May we show your light and your love and your forgiveness. God, may we prepare many, Lord, many to know you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.